this retro thing for what it is Nostalgia goggles heavy on those things when we were kids I've got the memories of falling while my hair is turning gray I'm digging back on all the things that were better yesterday So for all those things nostalgic, I also do is delight Remember when the internet was a new magical thing and not just a cesspool of racism and hate? Kind of. I feel like it was always that. <laughs> You've got mail, remembers. Uh, once again, uh, I will say up off the top, there is a sick child in my house. She is upstairs watching Netflix on an iPad with a whole bunch of snacks and a full bottle of water and a box of tissues right beside her. So we should be good for a little bit. But uh, yeah, we'll see. And that's also why uh, back to not my usual podcast mic. I always feel like I have to acknowledge when I'm using just the mic on the laptop. Have you noticed the difference when you listen? I do. Yeah. Hmm. And I don't, it's not like it's inherently that bad, at least to me. I don't know. Other people listening may go, oh, it's a laptop mic episode. But <laughs> look, it's either that or you come watch the kid person complaining about the microphone. It's one or the other. That's what I thought. Kim, it's still boning month. <laughs> oh, God. What? I despise this word. Month? What else are we going to call it? <laughs> I have started using the word boning at times, but then I just feel disgusted by it. Well, I, don't and know I, why, I go into because... shock when I hear it too. It's just, so, I don't know what it is. Aggressive. It's no. a time for romance and a time for love and a time for making connections. It's time for you've got mail. Kim, what's your history with You've Got Mail? Uh, I used to watch it repeatedly over and over and over again because I was obsessed with Tom Hanks. How frequently are we talking here when you say like over and over? Like it ends and you just start it again or, oh, it's Monday again. Time for You've Got Mail. It would be more like, oh, it's it's another day. I'll oh, watch. Jesus. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch it. Yeah. I had what never you- seen You've Got Mail. <laughs> This is your first viewing of it? This was my first viewing. It was one of those weird, a lot of people around me were watching it. I don't even know why. I don't know if it just like got added to a streaming service or something, but a lot of people I was talking to were like, oh, we're watching You've Got Mail. I was thinking that's a weird thing to just do. And I would say, oh, I've never seen that. And I would get the classic, like, I was like, no, I've never seen You've Got Mail. You mean like what I just did? <laughs> well, yeah, but you weren't aggressive about it. I mean, when they're like, how could you notice each night? Just classic. It's like, is it? And now that I've watched it, I continue to ask, is it? I've I seen- thought I was going to hate it rewatching it now because it had a lot of time has elapsed since I've I've last watched it and went through my phase of always watching it. And it was still just very cute like i couldn't hate it but i can't say it's exquisite (laughs) i 
feel like this is the movie when other movies make fun of romantic comedies. It seems like now that I've seen this, this is the one that they're pointing to Mm. when it's like, oh, the classic small town business and the big corporation. It's all this movie. (laughs) It has to be. It has to be. Well, there's Sleepless in Seattle, which is exactly the same movie. Yeah, and I'd seen that one, and I've seen Joe versus the Volcano, so I had to close out the Meg Ryan, Tom Hanks trilogy. I don't think I've seen Joe versus the Volcano. It's been a long time for me. Maybe maybe another potential. I don't want to do Joe versus the Volcano. Um, Yeah, so I don't remember Sleepless in Seattle terrifically, but I don't think Tom Hanks was a raging asshole in that movie, was he? Like he is here? No, I guess I, I guess I've seen it so many times that I don't see him as a raging asshole. Oh. I see him as as brutally honest. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm making a connection motion with my fingers in case anyone was wondering what that was. I summing up the plot of You've Got Mail is pretty easy. Two strangers are emailing each other. Do they ever f- explain how they ended up emailing each other? Did I miss that? Because no. when the movie starts, they're already pretty deep into it. Meg Ryan just says that she um, ventured into a chat for people under 30 or just over 30. I can't right. remember. And then met this guy and they've connected. That's all she says. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and they're, they've started emailing each other and oh, there's a, there's a connection there, but we have, well, we've never seen each other and I'm dating Greg Kinnear and you're dating should have been a bigger deal than she is Parker Posey. Parker Posey should have been a bigger deal than she is. <laughs> like in life, I mean, okay. I feel like Parker Posey always crushes it in every movie she's in, but if you said her name to 10 people, nine would go, who? I was um, about to say, who is she? <laughs> she's the villain in the Josie and the Pussycats movie. I haven't seen that. Oh, add that to the list of episodes for sure. That actually would be a fun one. No, wait, we knocked it out. My wife and I knocked it out real quick in an episode for something else. Yeah, it's probably for the best. And, and the, the people, they, they don't know, Kim. They don't know that they are an enemies outside of the world of email because... Meg Ryan runs the unfortunately named shop around the corner, which why is that unfortunate? Because I thought that was cute. If you have a business around the corner, if you have a business where you say the name and then the follow up question inevitably has to be, well, what does that mean or what do you sell there? I think you're done fucked up. Oh, because you don't know what. Well, I think the idea was that. She has her own clientele that just keeps going back and back and back. Yeah, because it was her mom's. Had. Yeah, it was yeah. her mom's business, and a lot of people have remained loyal. And mm-hmm. I guess which it's is New which York, is a bad. So you probably rely a lot on foot traffic too. See, to me, that's just a bad um, business model to rely on clientele from your mother's generation. <laughs> well, I think she was banking on them being loyal, and as we find out very quickly, none of them are because. Yep. In comes Joe Fox. F-O-X. Who, yeah, <laughs> who opens up Fox Books, I think is just what it's called. I think it's literally just called Fox Books. or Fox, I think so too. Fox which is and like, Sons Books, I think, or something oh, like that. Oh, it is too, because I missed every single time 
I watched it that he's talking to his dad and granddad, like just a lineage of horrendous men. Yes. So they have opened up just around the corner and then even used that phrasing to confuse the markets. And yeah. Can you do that? Can you copyright a phrase? No, but I feel like if you opened up across the street from a, a store called, you know, well, I don't have to come up with a hypothetical example. He does it in this movie. If you're called the shop <laughs> around the corner and a competitor opens across the street and says, we're just around the corner, legally they can do it, but it's, you know, it's it's very sneaky. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's that. They send emails to each other being like, oh, you know what? Their emails are pretty consistently lame. <laughs> Oh, I thought they were kind of cute. All of their- the first ones is about Brinkley, the dog. And I was like, okay, that's, I would, I would just take issue with, I've never been the type of person who would um, like continuously email with somebody I didn't know at all. <laughs> that to me seems extremely dangerous. It all reminded me, like now that I'm thinking about it, because all the emails are like, I saw a squirrel today. <laughs> No, it's not. It all all reminds me of a line on Friends when someone asked Joey how his day was. And he's like, good, I saw a pretty big pigeon. And that's what these emails (laughs) reminded me of. It's just like, man, I love New York in the wintertime. I saw some Christmas lights today and then had a coffee and it was pretty cool. See, that just sounds to me like somebody, instead of having the option to write their status, on Facebook or something chose to put it in email form. <laughs> I don't know. The emails that we, and we hear a lot of them just uh, didn't make me think, Oh, these two are connected. It would be a lot of the same stuff I would write to someone I went to college with who I hadn't well, talked to in a while and have no romantic intentions towards just, how have you been? I'm cleaning up the house today. I think I might need to buy a new couch because the old couch is getting a little saggy. Well, I think that's because they're struggling. At first, they're struggling. Like Meg Ryan says, she's starting to fall for this person, but really, what she's describing is an addiction to social media. Yeah, <laughs> but don't they don't—they think- don't want to give too much information. And it just started out as conversation, and she's now like, "I love hearing that I've got mail." <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. The first bit it was whenever she hears you've got mail, it like you know, yeah, gets addiction. her motors gets her motors going. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I mean, we're skipping around a bit, but I'm okay. Maybe I'll try not to. I mean, that that's the crux of the plot. And it's, you know, when are these two going to find out who they are in real life? And what's Meg Ryan? Is this my whole question was because for the most of the movie, her current boyfriend, Greg Kinnear, I don't remember his character's name, Larry or David or Jonesy. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Greg, <laughs> Greg Kinnear seems like a super good dude. Mm-hmm. And I actually always really respect a romantic comedy that doesn't cop out that way, where the, the main one of the main characters has a current partner and the movie doesn't give the easy out. Like, I love The Wedding Singer, but it's have you seen The Wedding Singer? OK, I don't want to say too much because maybe one day I want to do The Wedding Singer, but <laughs> it's a shining example of a movie that just makes it so easy to get to. For I guess it's spoilers no matter what. The Wedding Singer doesn't have a sad ending, Kim. Things work out pretty well for everybody. But it also is one of the shinier examples of, you know, oh, her current boyfriend, like, look at this and this and this. It's like, oh, wow, yeah. She's got to leave that dude. 
And I like when movies don't make it that easy, like that there has to be some See, conflict there. And when I, kept... I was introduced to this character, I immediately thought you have to leave him. He's very arrogant. <laughs> he is. But then I feel like anytime that he crosses that line, he always walked it back. Whenever he says something like that, he's always like, I'm sorry. That was a shitty thing to say. I think that's part of his manipulation. Maybe. Okay. I don't know if we can defend or go after his character for manipulation when Tom Hanks is out here knowing full well he's, he's been emailing Meg Ryan and being like, oh, who's this guy you're talking to? Yeah, but at that point, they're friends. So he's he's setting up he's, for the big finale, which I feel like two seconds after they kiss at the end of this movie, spoilers, she should pull back and go. You fucking lied to me. Well, she no, she <laughs> says she says um uh so that's she, what you were doing. Like she has a line that she she figures it out. But I feel like she's just caught up in the moment <laughs> and a lot of stuff. They are going to Okay, so here's a couple things that surprised me about the movie. So uh, most of the movie is barely about the romance between the two of them and which largely, i really like which, and largely about the competing bookstores which mm-hmm. i'm okay with that steve zahn works at her bookstore and i always love it when steve zahn's around that's so that the funny was, guy that, <laughs> yeah <hair>? yeah so <laughs> i was glad he was there and then dave Chappelle was there which that dave Chappelle was there which i've never realized that was yeah, Dave Chappelle. <laughs> that would have been more exciting to me a few years ago than it is now but yes. he was but he was there uh so it's definitely a you know one of those like oh it's that person is that there's one other person too and now i don't remember who it was who showed up really briefly and i was like oh my god it's so and so well, they had that famous the older woman she was on that show that i can't remember the name of it started with with her and her husband singing on a piano. Those were the days. Oh, all in the family. Yeah, that's it. Okay, I didn't. That wasn't the one I had, but uh, maybe it'll come to me. So all of that stuff is definitely far more interesting to me than, oh, I hope these two can work it out. To the point where it's like even the movie forgot about that because I don't they think so. It's. An hour and 58 minutes long. And I checked. They don't really become friends and start moving through that part of the relationship until an hour and 44 minutes. Yeah, but that's what I like. Like, I get really bored when it's just like a typical romantic chase movie because it feels weird. I feel like these two people work out a lot of shit beforehand. And then so that when they get into their relationship, they're like, yeah, yeah, we should be here. <laughs> I don't know if they're going to, if she's going to as quickly get over the fact that he isn't, and he makes a couple of jokes about it, sure, but he is in fact directly responsible for the end of her 42 year long business. That's not I, true. They say he he's part of it. If it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be somebody else. And they were already struggling, but they were refusing to change how they were going to do things. In the because- heat- of the mother and the sentimentality there in the heat of an argument, she's going to say, Oh, well, this never would have happened if my store was still open. And he'll but she's be like, writing a children's book. She's well, moving on to a new, a new career path. And I felt like that was a way for because the, the movie must realize, Oh, this guy has been mostly a dick this entire movie and also her shop closed. And that's really sad. So it kind of felt like they tossed in a line where she's like, Oh, I'm writing a kid's book now. And I never would have known I can do that if you hadn't been 
kind of responsible for the end of my livelihood. It's like, that just seems like the movie being like, see, it's okay. Everything's fine that that all happened. I think it was always going to, and they knew it because even the first few bits when you're in that store, there's not a lot of people there unless she's freely reading to kids. (laughs) So people are truly taking advantage of her. They're not going there to buy the books. They're going there to act as a babysitter. Their revenue seemed pretty healthy beforehand. It wasn't that good. They give the numbers at one point and then... I think they said, well, he says you make probably what, about 350K in sales a year. Yeah. Which... But they also, like, they sell their books overpriced. Yeah. Well, I mean, so. that's that's part of the independent book thing, because you can't... Not really. Isn't it? No. Because places like Amazon and Chapters can just buy in bulk and save a bunch of money, but the smaller stores can't do that. No, a lot of the ones I know in Ottawa can do it, because they, they, they're affiliated with universities, though, but... It depends on your business model again. And I think she just has like a really poor one because she's she's not a business person. Yeah, I do agree with that. Uh, that the, I can't say too much about what I do for a living. And that <laughs> there are issues there. But then I do, I, I feel like just in that final 15 minutes, the movie has to very quickly over course, course correct the previous hour and 45 minutes where it's these two who clearly don't, you know, for the most part, like each other. Like, yeah, there's that little bit, you know, every now and then they throw in the hint of, oh, she's such a pill, but damn, is she ever beautiful? Like there's stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But then in the final stretch where it's like, oh yeah, we got to get these two together. We need to soften him up and it's fine. She's writing a kid's book. And then she goes into his store for the first time and she's looking around and being like, maybe this place isn't so bad. I think, too, what the movie was trying to do was suggest that the only reason why she has the bookshop is because she feels attached to her mother. I don't think that's where her heart truly is, but there it does allow her to keep that connection alive. I just feel like all of that was kind of introduced in the very, very final act. Yeah. Because um, if there's one thing I want in a romantic comedy is I want to root for the main characters. I don't and want to root for anybody. I want to be I surprised. Just, but I want, like, if if the movie is telling me that these are the two people I, that I should want to get together, and I think I don't know if I do, then what am I like? Then what are we doing here, movie? You have to convince me these two belong together. I think if you took, a yeah, I don't think I'm convinced. I think Meg Ryan needs people. some time to herself. Well, yes, I do think, and that's a flaw in a lot of rom-coms, I find. Nobody takes that time to date themselves before they start dating other people after a breakup. She's going through a lot of changes right now. And I don't think she should be rushing into a relationship with Joe Fox. Maybe she's just looking for a good time. That's never specified. I uh... Maybe if there was a sequel, maybe she would have dumped him like after a week because he was just a fling. You've got more mail. Yeah. (laughs) I'm honestly surprised there's never been any talk of legacy sequels to romantic comedies where they actually tackle that side of it. Like maybe things didn't work out or they did, but here are the struggles Nobody would that go they're facing. Those. Nobody feel... wants to know that there's hardships and relationships. That doesn't make a rom-com. You want to see a drama instead. <laughs> I, I don't know. I would totally go see like a 25 year later legacy sequel to You've Got Mail that just addresses okay they built the foundation of their relationship on some pretty intense stuff 
I feel like that, that would come went. out as like an Amazon Prime or Netflix drama, not as a I come to the lo- cinema for a rom-com. I would <laughs> love that if You've Got Mail too was a straight up marriage story ass drama. <laughs> that might be the next trend in streaming is to take all these rom-coms from the 90s and 2000s and turn them into <laughs> dark <laughs> to a series. Re- dark legacy sequels. I, I would be there for that. I would prefer, yeah, because there are things that stand out in this movie and other rom-coms where it's just like, is that the choice you want to make right now? Is this the healthiest thing for a relationship? And I don't want to go after it too much because obviously when you watch a romantic comedy, you you know what you're getting and that's what you're there for. So I don't want to yeah. sit here and say that I was upset that it didn't subvert my expectations or anything like that. The only, it did in that I was surprised that you know, Greg Kinnear never turned full turncoat, like, oh, he's cheating on her or anything like that. Like, he's got a little flirty on a TV show. But that was maybe my favorite scene in the entire movie when <laughs> the two of them sit down and pretty much at the same time go, I don't love you. And like, I don't love you either. It's like, isn't that crazy that we don't? And then they just like chat. I really like that. The only pet peeve I had was they leave they pay to go to the cinema and then they walk out of the movie to have the conversation. And it's like, I would have obviously I would like to have this conversation, but either before or after the movie, I wouldn't walk out of a movie for it. So I, the two notes I made were back to back in this sequence. The first is that they, I think were there to see the Truman show. And I found it unfair that the characters get to watch a better movie than we do. Oh, and two is it did my favorite thing in movies ever where someone will say we need to talk about something Mm. and then it will cut to them resuming that conversation in what is clearly 45 minutes later in real time they are outside the theater on the street and he's like okay we need to talk and then when they are talking about it and that conversation resumes they are seated in a restaurant with drinks yeah. So I always love it in movies when they're like, we need to talk about this in approximately 20 minutes. First, let's go get a table. <laughs> Don't ask me any questions. I'm not ready yet. Pay attention. Movies do it all the time and it's the best. Yeah. Like, I didn't. Wait, where I do you want to go? It. And then it'll cut to them in the car driving and be like, we're going to go here. It's like, what happened in the last five minutes? Were you just in total silence until you answered? I, I remember it. back in the day, like I didn't, I wasn't um, like looking at or noticing those moments. But now with this watch, I was like, wait, why don't they just like in that moment? I'm like, why don't they just talk right there where they are? It's like a two minute conversation yep. <laughs> and then maybe decide to go get dinner. <laughs> like they're not, they're not showing any animosity to each other. They could still be friends. Yeah. I liked that scene because at least it did. I, I liked the way that they resolve that bit because up until that point his his character who's a journalist is like writing stories trying to save her business while meanwhile the guy we know she's going to end up with is like ah i'm gonna take that business down it's like he only tries to root for that guy he only tries to he tries he writes the thing to help save the business because he's full of himself again there was a writer that came to make ryan's store earlier and called him something and he wanted to redeem it and then he saw a good way to get readers to really like him if he wrote this type of story so he's not even doing it for her man you really don't like greg kinnear 
I think I think there's like little little nuances in his character that's suggesting that it doesn't matter who he's with, he's first and foremost in love with himself in this movie. <laughs> that the character, not the actor. I mean, I assume Greg Kinnear <laughs> feels pretty good about himself too. So, okay, but would he would he risk relationships? <laughs> because he's so into himself i don't actually know greg kinnear's personal situation if he's married or any of that i I don't don't know i'm sitting here struggling to remember the last time i saw a new movie and went oh greg kinnear's in this yeah that's true i'm gonna look that up (laughs) what's our buddy greg kinnear up to these days all right talk amongst yourselves while i look this up so it was um, the person who played Edith Bunker um, in this movie. She was the older woman who eats really delicious sandwiches. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was her. Uh, it looks like Greg Kinnear is doing what a lot of people do are doing when we look them up on this show. Uh, TV shows I've never heard of on Apple TV. <laughs> <sighs> Which is I just almost canceled Apple TV, and you know what they just always announced? the answer. Ted Lasso season three, yeah, yeah. So and now I gotta soon. wait till March. <laughs> well, when when you get it back though, then you should have most of the uh, first season of Shrinking to watch, which is a good show. So you'll have something else, yeah, to check I, out. Um, but uh, yeah, he's on uh, Blackbird on Apple TV with Taron Egerton. Which I remember, I do remember seeing some ads for, and he's on another show called Shining Veil on Stars. Shining Veil, is it so, about America? I already closed it. <laughs> uh, we but don't yeah, need to know. Previous to that, he has not been in like a movie, movie, or at least by which I mean a movie I've heard of. I'm still scrolling. <laughs> Anchorman when did you've got two Man come out. 1998. Ooh, how wow. close how close are we to the 25th anniversary of You've Got Mail? When did it come out? You take this one. <laughs> um, when did it come out? Where's the date? I bet you though it was like a holiday movie. Yeah, December 18th, so we're way way ahead of it, but December 18th. Wow. Wait, did I? Well, there is there is Christmas in this movie. <clears throat> there is. Yep. Meg Ryan, man, Christmas in New York does seem pretty cool, but. I didn't like it when oh. I was there. <laughs> I was there um, for a brief time between like December 19th and 22nd. And uh, it's too much. It's too many people. There's not enough snow. It's really warm. It's not. It's not what it promises in the movies. Oh, see, I was in New York in April, I think. So, mm. yeah, I think I was there again in January, too. And I was also just like, I, I like New York. I think it's fine. But um, I was unimpressed because I didn't get the movies promised. <laughs> so take that, New York. I can, I can also see that. I guess it depends on what movie is promising what, because there's also a lot of movies that promise like you're going to get stabbed the moment you step outside. Welcome to New York. Mm, Yeah. I guess it depends if you're watching You've Got Mail or Friday the 13th, part eight, colon, Jason Takes Manhattan. Okay. No, I wasn't. I wasn't referring to that one. (laughs) 
It's a very, well, I mean, really they filmed it in Vancouver though. So it's kind of a cheat. Of course they did. Everything's filmed in Canada now. I mean, I'm happy for that, but I, w- I just wish they would acknowledge. I like you say now, more. that movie was shot in 1987. <laughs> no, but because people were like realizing it's cheaper to come here. And now like everybody's coming here. So, well, I know there was that shot. I, I still have to start watching The Last of Us, but I know there was that shot making the rounds where the caption says like, 10 miles east of Boston. And it's the most Alberta ass fucking thing you've ever seen. <laughs> I do want to watch that, but I don't have craves, so I don't know what to do. I it's I have to watch it solo, so I just haven't carved out the time. And every week I don't carve out the time. Another episode rolls in. I think they're up to six now. Mm. And so I've gone from I need to watch one episode of television, and I'm sure they're each episode's minimum an hour. So I really, really got to get going. Maybe my youngest will be okay if I have it on. <laughs> Daddy, what's that? It's a mushroom man. It's fine. Mm, yeah what's he doing um what's happening on your ipad screen (laughs) what else about you've got mail for a rom-com it was definitely more rom than calm i assumed steve zahn was there to you know bring us the chuckles not really and i'm not even saying that because what he was saying was unfunny he just he wasn't really telling jokes (laughs) yeah nobody really was yeah, I think you're right. It doesn't have a lot of comedy in it. Yeah. Well, I think they're also relying on Joe Fox to bring the comedy because everybody loves a Tom Hanks dad joke. And I feel like there were several in the movie. This movie cost $65 million to make, but I assume that was almost entirely paying Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah. And everybody else. Who else? Um, Edith Bunker. <laughs> I, I don't think Edith Bunker and 1998 Dave Chappelle were commanding big paychecks. Although I did mean to look up and I'll do it right now that it's in front of me. Her The other employee that she had at the store, the girl. I really like her and I've seen her elsewhere. I just don't know where. I know my wife said she's in Miss Congeniality, but I oh, full, I, full disclosure, God. I've never seen Miss Congeniality. So that wasn't where I was pulling her from. But now she looks so different in Miss Congeniality. I would not have made that connection. Was it wow. Miss Congeniality like a year later? <laughs> Two years. She plays a different character altogether. And I'm not good at noticing things like this. That blew my mind. Oh my God. That's the best part of this movie. <laughs> yeah, she was good. I I I liked all of that stuff. If you just gave me a movie about like cut out even the Joe Fox stuff and that, and it was just a struggling bookstore dealing with, I guess the, a Barnes and Noble equivalent. I mean, here in Canada, we have chapters. It was very chapters esque. Yeah. I assume in the States that would be Barnes and Noble. I don't know. I'm not sure, but just that part of it was the stuff I found the most interesting was the struggles of her store and, rallying the community together and what and then i was you know tom hanks would show up to be like don't forget we have to fall in love and i'd be like oh yeah you're right you do there was you're right there was too much happening and there's too many people and it's hard to like latch on to one and become really emotionally invested in just the one character i've been saying a lot of negative things about the movie so i should at least backpedal somewhat and say it's not like i came out the other side and like i like rom-coms i can I don't, i'm not ashamed to admit that and nobody ever should be you who is like ashamed what, you oh fucking i'm sure people online oh it's a chick flick fuck off uh, that, that's still definitely a 
a thing like well a new magic mic just came out so if you want to see you know dudes scared of that kind of stuff just go to any twitter story about oh the number one movie was oh yeah white wants to see that i'm not gonna because i'd like to lift weights like dude is it weird if i go alone to that movie like no okay (laughs) just wanted to know because i almost did it last night i'm like are people gonna think this is weird nobody thinks that about anybody and if they do fuck them like okay if there's anyone who still thinks that there's a stigma around doing activities alone, especially following what we're following over the last few years, like the problems with them go to the, like, go to the, sit at a restaurant, sit, eat by yourself. Who cares? Let people live their own goddamn lives. I do like doing that. I do like a solo trip to a cafe or a restaurant and it's I recommend nice. everybody do it. It's so lovely. Yeah. When I got my, my tires changed, I just went over, grabbed a coffee, sat, read a book. And then when they called to get my tires, I was like, oh, damn, yeah. 90 minutes just passed. And you are truly your best company. So yeah, there should be a rom-com about that. There should be. <laughs> Is there actually an example of a romantic comedy where at the end, the main character decided, you know what? No. Can they of, do that? Or does it become a of, different genre? None of this. I need a little time to myself. The closest I could even think of is we did an episode on Euro trip. And the premise of that movie, Kim is a dude travels to Europe to surprise his pen pal to be like, Oh my gosh, I'm in love with you. And at the, in the, in the theatrical ending spoilers, he shows up and surprises her and they immediately bone and end up together. But in the alternate ending, he does the big gesture and she's like, this is kind of fucked up. You came like, I don't, I barely know you. And you came all the way over to Europe and did this like, no. And that's the movie. And we both agreed that would have been a better ending. If she was just like, I don't know about this. Who (laughs) I like, who are you? So now I'm wondering if there's a romantic comedy where at, Wait, did Bridget Jones do that or did she end up with somebody? I've never seen any of the Bridget Joneses. There are several, right? There's three, I believe. I saw uh, the first two and then I never bothered with the third. Is there a rom-com where they don't end up together? Well, I'm the first curious. the first example is Ghost, but he's fucking dead. He's dead. So like <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> so Wait, are they referring to Whoopi Goldberg? If that's the somebody? best, if that's the best ending the internet has, is like, well, Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore didn't work out great. It's like because <laughs> he was murdered. So, uh, what else is on that list? Just, just Ghost. <laughs> um, a bunch of movies I've never heard of, and I don't want to say the names out loud because it's just going to be me, obviously. Mm. I guess no matter what I say, it's still going to, I can't say any of these titles in case people don't want any of these movies spoiled. Cause some of them I feel like are a little outside the romantic comedy. What about that movie? The F word. Did they end up together? Daniel Radcliffe, Harry Potter and that girl. I never saw it. The only one I can think of. And if you don't want any movies ever spoiled ever, I guess don't listen to what I'm about to say is <laughs> my best friend's wedding. Um, I haven't seen it. Oh, 
Yeah, so go for it though. Go for it. I don't, I don't like, I don't, not a huge Julia Roberts rom-com. She person. doesn't end up with the guy because her character sucks. Like okay. that's the point of the movie is essentially, can we make the main character in this romantic comedy, not only played by Julia Roberts, unlikable, like how far can we take this and mm. still have people invested in the movie, even though they're like, I don't think if she's trying to break up, uh, I think it's Dermot Mulrooney or Dylan McDermott. It's one of the one of the D's and Cameron Diaz. But the movie is very clear on Cameron Diaz is a great person and they should be together. So they kind of challenge you to go, wait, but I should want Julia Roberts to end up with this guy. But I don't. What is happening? I should revisit that movie. I wasn't the biggest fan of it the last time I watched it, but I feel like I might appreciate it more now. Versus You've Got Mail, where my biggest beef was I don't like the Tom Hanks character, but then the movie's like, well, he's going to get the girls. I don't know if he should. I I was trying to figure out what was happening or what the intention of the Tom Hanks character was, because obviously he has similarities with his douchebag dad and granddad. That is his grandfather, right? I took it man? that it was. Yeah. Yeah. Was the Fox, like you said, the Fox lineage of lineage dynasty um because what i thought was always a joke is when joe fox is talking to meg ryan and he's like this little boy is my brother and this little girl is my aunt and i was like oh that's funny joke but he's serious (laughs) that little girl is his aunt yep and then that little boy is his brother because it's his dad's newest kid yep and so he's obviously seeing that he has poor role models male role models in his life and he's somehow trying to break away from them because he he has that conversation with his dad to be like, you cheated on mom and then cheated on everybody else you ever were with. Why? And he says, oh, I was lying or something like that. And then Joe Fox keeps being transparent. Like he's not lying. He's just he's being too truthful at times. <laughs> what about at the end, though, when he's lying? I think they try to say that she knows, like Meg Ryan. Well, knows. she says, I was hoping it was you. Yeah. But for he's... the for chunks of the movie where he's just saying, oh, maybe this guy's married, da, da, da. He's just fucking with her. He's, I think what he's, what the intention was, was to try and make him be so over the top that she'd figure it out, but she never figures it out. So he has to be like, okay, meet me at this time. So wait, the movie's saying that she's a dumb dumb? <laughs> Doesn't I don't know. seem very nice. <laughs> but he's he's really not trying to hold back. Because she even guessed, no, she guessed it, 152, which is his email address. And she goes, oh, it's his address. And he's like, could be. <laughs> what I, I'm just going to close this. What I do find interesting now that you mentioned his relationship with the dad is like, there's not a falling out or anything there. No. Like you, there's not that scene where he's, you know, I learned my behavior from you and you're terrible. Like the last scene of them together is like the dad moves in with them on his boat yeah, and is saying, Oh, I'm not going to change my ways. I'm going to just find another girlfriend and it's going to be probably miserable. And then I'll, we'll break up and I'll move up. And like, that's like the relationship is still fine. And I'm not even yeah. saying that as a criticism. I'm like, I, I was saying it didn't subvert my expectations that kind of did like as far as we can tell like i kept waiting for the like the joe fox pivot of what we do is wrong like 
in the early mm. part of the movie, they're bragging about moving into this area and wiping out all of the small businesses. And from what we can see, he hasn't f- learned that maybe that's not cool. <laughs> well, he's in the center of New York. So I wonder how many business people will have that epiphany in their lifetime. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you're going to like the place where you make the riches. And if you're trying to stand up for the little shop around the corner, you're not going to make the big bucks. It just makes me think of, I, I saw it a long time. There's a documentary about Walmart. And there's a scene in that movie where the, like, I don't remember his job, but it's basically like the guy who opens up new locations. Mm-hmm. He's driving around with the camera crew and he's like, what I like to do before we're going to open a location is I just drive around and I point out all of the businesses that are going to close oh. because of us moving in. And in that documentary, you look at that, like that is presented as like, oh, fuck that guy. But then I feel like here he's doing the same thing. And we're not supposed to be like, fuck that guy. And he doesn't like, yeah, he learns to that. I love Meg Ryan, but I have to assume that the next day he's going to go to work and figure out the next location that they're going to open a Fox and Fox books and who they're going to shut down. I feel like the director probably was like, it would be too much if I made this an anti-capitalist movie as well. Probably. (laughs) Yes. I mean, I'm for that, but I think even she was like, I'm already balancing a lot of balls in the air right now. <laughs> I will say I was surprised that her shop closed. Um, mm. I kept waiting. Like, is he going to leave his business and come help her? And I was like, oh, I hope it doesn't end with him giving her a job at his store, which thankfully they did not do that either. They gave the friend the job. Yeah. The guy. Yeah. That was my concern is that he's going to be like, why don't you come work for me? It's like, that's not the foundation. <laughs> for this that you want but there's also that line where his ex-girlfriend goes to offer her a job and he says to her she's not going to take it because she's not a horrible human like you are (laughs) which that was another weird bit because it almost was like wait am i supposed to like the parker posey character because it just she's not hiring her for any other reason than i don't know she seems really good at what she does and i think i would like to hire her no she's trying she's trying to she's trying to work off the pr that she would get because she doesn't Mm. want like she wants good PR, I guess, by saying, I'm rescuing you, where really what Tom Hanks says, you're just going to work her and make her do what you want. She's not going to do that. (laughs) So it was a weird conversation, but I did also like it because it proves that uh, I guess Tom Hanks was listening to the emails and figuring out and paying attention to who or what kind of person Meg Ryan is. Yeah. I think I started earlier to sort of get into the positive stuff and then I watch it back um I do think not liking the one of the main characters very much uh did kind of hinder things because like I said it's hard to, harder to get into a romantic comedy when I'm like I don't think I want these two to, to be a couple but like the overall movie it's 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 pleasant it's a very breezy like it's two hours long but I was never like oh dear god when is this gonna end Meg Ryan is fantastic. Always, yeah. Yeah, like always. She's like kind of the reason to watch the movie. All and it is a love letter to New York City, which I yeah. I did like. <laughs> yeah, like just the atmosphere and like everything with the store and the books. Like I, I thought all of that was was interesting. It's just whenever it pivoted back to the two of them, it was like, eh. 
I just wanted <laughs> I just wanted to see two competing bookstores, really. I think yeah. I just like spending time in bookstores and movies. Like I would go to that I would go to her shop for sure. I would too, but I'm pretty sure that with my budget I wouldn't be able to afford that much. So well, I'd yeah. have to stop going. <laughs> Cuz like it would you, get weird. Yeah. Like spending $20 on one kid's book that maybe we'll read a single time unless it becomes one of their three favorites, which is how, <laughs> like right now upstairs, we probably have 50 to 60 books for the kids, if not more. But I'd say we just read kind of the same three or four over and over. And then you remember, hey, we haven't read this in a while. Do you want to read this? No, Spider-Man It's like, <laughs> Spider-Man versus the Green Goblin. <laughs> hmm. I think that's I had to spend part of my weekend um, rewinding Bluey. I started watching Bluey for the first time because I was oh. um, looking after a little girl. I love Bluey. It's so good. But I had to keep rewinding back to certain bits and pieces because the kid was like, I love this part. Yep. <laughs> so Again. we keep going back. <laughs> There's a part in a YouTube video that they like where a guy is just building like a, a, a Lego water slide set and then he builds the set and at the end, you know, you just see him using it. And there's a part where he says, oh, this piece looks like a duck. And then it edits in a quack noise. And when we saw that for the first time, I think we rewound it 15 to 20 times. Like, again, <laughs> And then from then on, it was, let's watch the duck video. It was like, you mean the 20-minute-long the Lego video that has a half a second reference to a duck? Why, why didn't you just, like, pivot and look up an actual duck video? Oh, I'm sure we tried. <laughs> Anytime they want something like that, we'll be like, do you want the real thing? It's like, hey, instead <laughs> of watching this guy play with Ninja Turtles toys, do you just want to watch Ninja Turtles? No! But at least we had a great run with Bluey. They don't want to watch it anymore. We'll get them back to it. But I really admire it. There's a lot of good jokes for adults. It's it. And I'm only on episode three. <laughs> oh, it gets even better. Like there's an, I guess, again, mild spoilers. There's an entire episode where the mom and dad are hung over after a New Year's party. <laughs> Everybody and, has recommended this. Yeah. Thing to and me. the <laughs> kids are trying to desperately get them to play. And they're just doing the most cop out like. All right, but I'm going to lie on the floor. And like, they never actually say, they just say like, we were up late at a party, <laughs> but you know, and it's yep. just, oh, it's so good. Cause no, like it's the perfect balance of the kids are going to like the silly kid stuff and the adults can relate so hard to like, please God, no, just go play yourselves. Yeah. So that's our bluey episode. That's our, I was just going to say that's our bluey episode. <laughs> Probably you, you can, you can watch 20 episodes of Bluey, I think, in the time it would take you to watch one episode of You've Got Mail or one viewing of You've Got Mail. Uh, yeah, it, it's perfectly fine. I've seen better. I've seen worse. I think Sleepless in Seattle is the better of the two 90s Meg Ryan Tom Hanks movies from what I can remember. I don't know if I could decide between the two. Like, they're very similar, um, but they're very they have different things to offer. I like them both. And Rosie O'Donnell is in Sleepless in Seattle. And that's, that's a plus. That's true. <laughs> I but then will, you have Edith Bunker in this one. I did want a little bit more internet romanticizing because, you know, it's 1998, new, still a pretty newish 
thing. So I wanted a little more. You got the Greg Kinnear character whose whole thing is, I don't trust this thing. I buy type. <laughs> I buy typewriters. Which is funny because Tom Hanks actually collects typewriters. I think he has a whole book dedicated to his love for typewriters. Well, he, it's a, maybe I read his book. That's like a collection of short stories, but each one he says like what typewriter he wrote it on. Oh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. It's not a great book. (laughs) It was too much money. So I didn't buy it. chapters. (laughs) I borrowed it from Sam also. And it was not great. Oh, Okay, so I don't feel bad then for not getting it. <laughs> you shouldn't. Uh, something you're currently enjoying? Bluey, I, I just, guess? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Next, no. <laughs> um, last night I started watching this thing. I was looking it up to try and remember. On Amazon Prime, it's called Planet Sex with Cara Delevingne. I don't know if that's how you say her last name. but oh, she was in I the, know who you mean. Yeah, the latest season of Only Murders in the Building, and she dates yeah. the girl. She's the artiste. The artiste. Yeah, I um, I adore this show. It's really funny, but I also cried a lot. Highly recommend it. I I gotta go with Kunk on Earth. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. That's why I didn't say it. <laughs> I gotta. Uh, I now see that there's clips all over the place, but for us, it was just, hey, I heard this is funny. Do you want to watch an episode? And there's only five, so we did the first three. And probably would have kept going, but my wife was like, I'm actually getting pretty tired. So then we did the next two the next night. That, oh my God, that show is funny. Like for anyone who doesn't know, High Level Pitch is this basically, it's a parody of BBC documentaries where they, you know, today we're going to look back at the Renaissance, but it's done by someone who has no clue what they're talking about. Seemingly has, Kunk. <laughs> yeah, has no real interest in learning about any of it. Like always like references to, like today, unfortunately, we're talking about this, like always, like thinks what she has to do is boring. And yeah, it's, you know, there's and, a kunk on Britain. Have you started I watching that? I haven't, but I did know I, when this ended, I learned that, oh, there's more. I watched the first or the first five minutes of the first episode on time. And I had to, I had to stop because my mouth was hurting so much from laughing. Yeah, It's one of the most successful like successful joke ratios I've seen in a while. Cause she like every sentence she says has some sort of joke or gag in it. And like a lot of it's very silly, but I, like, I'm sure if I watched it again, there would be things I didn't need. Didn't even fully grasp. Yeah. It's a lot of it's like wordplay and Watching because I had to make sure they sit her down with experts and I had to look up, is this real? And it is. Apparently they just tell these people, oh, you're going to be in a BBC documentary. And then they sit down and you can see on their face when the the, the one question is like, was it true that Beethoven had a small mini, like, like a small horse living inside his face? And then it's like, oh, wait, I misread that. Was Beethoven good at music? And it just cuts to the person like that's the first question she's getting. So you just see them be like, um, uh, oh, well, and like struggled. Oh, it's it's just great. Go watch. Come I have to her. give some of those profs like kudos for how they deal with it because they don't show they show that they're obviously like, is this real? But they never get angry with the person. There's a couple <laughs> of them who you can tell are getting on the cusp. Frustrated. Yeah. yeah and their answers <laughs> are definitely getting whereas they might start out to be like, 
well, you know, I don't know if I'd say it like that. And eventually it just gets to like, well, no, that's not true. Like it's, yeah. <laughs> and then there's like a couple moments where you can tell, like, I think that the switch flipped and then they realized that it was a goof, but. Well, yeah, they had, they had to have signed off on it afterwards. Right. So oh yeah. I wonder how much footage exists of people who just refused to have that. Show. I was actually <laughs> saying at the end of the last episode during the credits, I was secretly really hoping for a montage of all of those people finding out like the moment they find mm. out it's not real. That's got to exist somewhere. That's so good. <laughs> yeah. That's what I wanted to see. So Kunk on earth. Uh, what else? Uh, there's only one episode. Oh, with every boning month movie, we have to acknowledge if there's boning. Nope. They kiss uh, it. They don't get together till the very, very end. So there's no time for that. Yeah, there's no, there's none. Not that I expected like a stark, silent two minute sex scene and you've got mail. So it does not happen. So we are oh for, th- no, one for three. Pretty woman had it. Mm. Um, I think next is the cutting edge. I don't know that. I've never seen it, but I understand it's a figure skating movie. (laughs) The sexiest sport. So, you know. Is that the tagline? No, it's just facts. (laughs) Name me one sport sexier than figure skating. Uh, Yeah, you're right. It is pretty sexy. Here's the question, though, and I maybe posed this to you offline because I remember asking somebody, maybe it was (laughs) Sam also. Do you think figure skaters who are also like couples do you think when they get down it's also very like sensual like when they're or by that point they're just like let's just go i'm tired of this like it's just it's definitely not the same (laughs) pure raw like instead of very you know oh it's very this and it's just like yeah i think choreography is very different from sex that's where i'm gonna stand on this one (laughs) i would agree with that Uh, so I think Fight that's me. next. Uh, March, March is like kind of largely lined up, I think. So follow us on Twitter. We'll probably announce that uh, pretty soon, or at least you know follow us there for as long as that platform exists. Because every day is, is getting second? sketchier and sketchier. There was one day last week where you just couldn't post anything or follow anybody. Or wow, it was quite a time. Uh, Goodwill is hunting. We took this week off. Uh, some unfortunate news about our boy Bruce came out about his uh, dementia diagnosis. So since we recorded an episode before that came out, we were like, ah, it's kind of weird to release an episode where we don't acknowledge it. So we're going to save that and maybe doing a little addendum there. And I think the next season of flipping through franchises has been chosen. So we'll keep that going. Uh, go back and listen to those other seasons. But in the interim, Kim's going to take us out with a classic line from You've Got Mail. Take him to the mattresses. The part where he tries to convince (laughs) her that the the Godfather is the greatest thing ever. I don't know. (laughs) It made it seem like it's this universal truth that all men are like, oh, the Godfather is like, I saw the Godfather once 15 years ago. I really like the Godfather. I I don't don't remember remember liking it. Yeah, I just don't remember a lot that happens in it. I mean, it's one of those movies, and I know we said we were done, but it's one of those movies where every single moment has been parodied and referenced. So you just spend the whole movie going, oh, yeah, it's that part, it's that part, it's that part. So, Okay, I have a new line. Okay. Which you're equally going to hate. Okay. 
Brinkley is my dog. Facts. <laughs> he writes that in one of the first emails. Yeah, that's why their emails are lame. <laughs> do you like dogs or do you like, I'm always like dogs because I would just oh. delete that. It reads like spam now. What's the line? Well, yeah, but this is, you got to go back when it's new. What's the line with, I, I would buy you a bouquet of pencils yeah. because New York smells like school supplies in the fall. I'm so happy I didn't write this because I'm butchering the lines. Like, just the foundation of the relationship is built on the dumbest stuff. Good night, everybody. <laughs>